4: Good evening and welcome to One Life Left, Britain's favourite radio show about video games. I'm Steve Curran.
5: I'm Anne Scantlebury.
4: And I'm Simon Byron. Oh, it's so good to be back, guys. What a Isn't time it? we had in Nottingham Game City.
5: Although, Simon, it sounds a little bit as though you've caught a cold, A little bit hoarse, A little bit hoarse.
4: Well,
0: um, when you work as hard as I do and you see so many things and you're so super cool, you just, sometimes it just happens, doesn't
4: it? I understand. I mean, we did have a great time. We were singing a lot at Nottingham Game we City, were weren't we? were singing a lot Brilliant. At One death left. Our wink murder conspiratorial event. That went well.
5: Went really well. Uh, mm. A lot of deaths. I'm sure we'll talk about that more later.
4: Uh, we certainly will. Um how's your week been otherwise, Anne?
5: Uh, uh. It's been utterly depressing. Really? Not being in Nottingham has been the worst. <laughs> um, let's go back.
4: We can't go back. We're not allowed. Not after what happened last time.
5: Oh, fair enough. How well, about you, Steve? How's your week been? It's been good.
4: It's been good. I've been on the uh, Kickstarter thing. Uh, my Kickstarter launched last Wednesday following Hot in the Heels of Simon's. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk more about yeah, that I'm later. Very on pleased the
0: show. with how my Kickstarter's gone, actually. I'm delighted. A uh, lot of support, fantastic community. They've been great.
4: Yeah, Greedy Wizards. Yeah, I'm gone really pleased with Greedy Wizards. Can you give
5: us uh, any inside information on Greedy Wizards then, Simon?
0: Yeah, well, it involves
4: wizards that are greedy.
3: It's fantastic.
4: You know, really terrific.
5: What's Greedy Wizards
4: about? (laughs) I don't know. Something doesn't feel right here.
5: Something something feels off in the studio. Wait
4: a second. You're not Simon Barron. Oh, I wish I was,
0: though. I I admire him so much. I just thought I'd sneak (laughs) in and just try and be Simon just for a few minutes. Who
4: are you? What's going on here?
0: Okay, I have to admit it. My name is Charles Cecil. Um, I am uh, one of the founders. One of the founders of Revolution Software, um, and uh, I've admired all this show for so long. I've appeared many times, but never come to your studios. I'm so proud to finally be here. I'm sorry that this uh, charade oh, has finally Charles, been blown. you didn't
4: have to do this. You didn't have to sneak on.
0: Well, I'm sorry. I just thought it was the Which only way nice. you'd invite me on because I keep inviting myself, and I never get <laughs> you know. I never get offered.
5: Just a place. turn up.
4: <laughs> mm, unfortunately, Simon can't be with us today because of the the storm.
5: Yeah, is well, that the real reason? That is the real reason. That's he says
0: there was, was a tree across the track, but 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 you know he's coming from Hitchin and I came from
4: York, so you know. I mean, <laughs> I mean who's a got
5: lot the dedication? <clears throat> maybe this is a good time to uh, to realise who who truly wants to be here. And maybe. Mm. Do a permanent swap out.
4: But the thing is, Charles, you're not the person in this studio who's come from furthest away. You can boast about coming from York, but actually we've got a super, super special guest. Wow. In Steve Gaynor. Hello, Steve. Hey, how's it going?
1: Hello. Where have you come from? Uh, The United States of America. From across there, imagine. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to show you up. <laughs> it wasn't on purpose. And you were at Nottingham City too. I was. That was my uh, excuse for coming across the pond. <laughs>
4: so we've poached you for our show. <laughs>
1: what from Nottingham? Yes. Well, I, I was going to
4: stay there, but you convinced me. <laughs> we have a we have a share and share alike deal, don't we? With those we guys, we really do. We gave them Hollis. Martin Hollis and we're still apologising yeah. <laughs> to apologise for this too uh, We should get on with this really shouldn't we Because two we guests should. Uh, We Got should get on with get the news And get ready, go
5: 704 on Monday the 28th of October, I'm Anne Scantlebury and this is the news matter has been pulled from Steam following complaints from players about the ending. Angry feedback came after players came to a to-be-continued ending a few hours into play. Some felt that they were misled into thinking they were getting a full game. Publisher Iceberg explained that when the game was not funded through Kickstarter it became episodic with future episodes relying on the success of the first. A note on Steam now reads, currently currently there is a known issue at the end of the game. The developer is aware of the issue and they are working on a patch.
4: A known issue. <laughs> um, th- that story story started more interesting than it ended up. Dark matter has been pulled from Steam. <laughs> uh, but it turns out it's it's more players getting whiny about a narrative, isn't it? That's not on.
5: Well, uh, it, it makes sense when you realise, I think, about the Kickstarter thing. They expected that they were going to have, well, they hoped to have some money. Then they, they didn't have the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they changed how... They were going to release the game, doing it in smaller chunks, and then hopefully getting money from the first to mm-hmm. fund the second. That makes sense to me, but maybe they should have just been a little bit more clear. I see in how they communicated.
4: Who that. should be in charge of the way a game story ends—the player or the creator? Steve. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, depends where you work. The publisher sometimes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I. It is a little weird when uh, when players think they know the the ending better than the people who made the mm. game but on the other hand maybe a surprise to be continued screen doesn't even count as an <laughs> ending necessarily this
4: happens in other media though doesn't it you, you can watch a movie and be disappointed that it's clearly setting itself up for a sequel
1: you can be watching
5: um a series and uh, and the last episode is very much oh don't don't worry just tune in for the next episode it's, it's a good thing isn't it
4: or a book
0: a bu- you, you did say a couple of hours that's the only thing yeah, and a couple of hours really isn't quite long enough. Really?
5: Is how that long what is we're long doing enough? Now,
4: Charles, we're setting definitive limits on how long a video game
5: should how be. How long should yeah, a video Charles. game be?
0: Interesting. Well it, yeah, well, it depends on the type of game, of course. But if um, <laughs> if if you set it up as a as a full episode, I think probably a couple of hours is a bit short.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay, Charles and, has spoken.
5: And people were paying uh, ten pounds fifty for this. How much do we? How much time does ten pounds fifty equate to? <laughs> Surely
4: it's not time. It's joy. If that two hours is perfect, then that's
5: enough. Ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Good news for people who like to walk around naked Peripherals manufacturer PDP Is making a TV mount for Xbox One's Kinect sensor that will come with a privacy cover The privacy cover is For use on the Kinect and not on your bits It will cover both RGB. B and infrared cameras to keep your secrets secret. Microsoft has stated that the Kinect will not be used to spy on you. Screw you, the NSA. No matter how hard you try, you're never going to get a peep at this naked cocktail hour. So what?
4: <laughs> so, wait a second. This is a piece of plastic that goes over the
1: top yeah. of the camera.
5: Yeah. Uh, Steve,
1: uh, you're missing the point. Okay. Naked cocktail hour? <laughs>
5: I was- oh how this uh, how the show
4: goes (laughs) we briefed him before we missed out the naked cocktail yeah so
5: basically every 10 minutes you take off an item of clothes and another drink comes out
4: so so listeners if you want uh, to tell Steve what item of clothing to take off email
5: team at com. so
4: but seriously Anne this is a single piece of plastic that's designed (laughs) to just go in front of the camera It's
5: brilliant isn't it
4: You've fallen for this one, yes. haven't you?
5: You could just use a post-it note. You could. Two, two post-it notes? One post-it note. I don't know how big it's going to have to be.
4: It, presumably you weren't the only one who fell for this, though, because you must have taken your I news it, from somewhere.
5: Yeah, I took it from Eurogamer. They fell for it too.
4: Okay.
5: Eurogamer reporting on bits of plastic now.
4: Interesting. Interesting. Uh, you uh, Are you fearful of the Kinect's uh, privacy implications, Charles? <laughs>
0: Um, Obviously not. You're gu- chuckling Google, at them. Google Glass, I think, really is very interesting, isn't it? Ooh. Wow. I mean, there's been this sort of furore about um, the Americans spying with, with respect to the Americans <laughs> it wasn't spying, my idea. spying on all the all the Europeans. Um, but then Google Glass blows all of that just out of the water, doesn't it? The mm. idea that actually, because we've seen from Street View and everything, that they're very happy to photograph everything, um, and everyone's wandering around wearing glasses, they can see what's happening. As that, an American, I can't wait. <laughs> (laughs)
5: Nintendo is working on a 3DS Pokemon game that will let Pikachu mimic your facial expressions. Video footage of your face is captured by the internal 3DS camera and is translated onto a 3D model of your head. The movements are then applied to a 3D in-game model of Pikachu. More information on the game is expected soon from a TV interview with Pokemon Company's president. It seems very important not to play this game while you're feeling low. Nobody wants to see Pikachu cry.
4: Doesn't sound like a game. I mean, I'm not defining what a game is. Kind of are. Doesn't sound like a game.
5: But what if that's part of the... that's That's not the only bit of the game. It feels like that's a mechanism within the game.
4: Steve, what's the rest of the game? The Pokemon game?
1: Yep. Um... Just give us an exclusive. (laughs) It's all right. No one's listening. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to make a big confession right here. Okay. I've never played Pokemon, so (gasps) I literally have no idea. What? I assume I don't know. You put things into balls and throw them at each other. How Pokemon? Okay. Yep. Catch them all. So you'll catch your own face in a ball. There we go.
5: Interesting. Doesn't that sound amazing?
4: <laughs> Get your money out. Interesting. Um, <laughs> Pre-order. So, so this is a this is another uh, you know a, a sort of connecty gimmick, isn't it?
5: Yeah, but it's quite exciting. Well, you, I
4: you're mean, obviously excited. You put it as third story in the news.
5: Yeah, I want to be in a game. Okay. This is how I can be in a game, my own little game. You can game. already
4: be in a game. How? Well, you could be in the 3DS Face Raiders where you take a selfie of yourself and shoot <laughs> yourself in the face. Yeah,
5: but I want to be consistently in a Pokemon game. <laughs> okay.
4: So... Getting uh, more specific. So do we have any friends at... Well, clearly not you because you've never played it. But do we have any friends at Pokemon who could put you consistently in it?
5: Do the, do the joke.
4: Oh, okay. Oh, I love that. Okay, joke. this is good. Uh, you've heard it, haven't you? Yes. Okay. Actually, if you've heard it, maybe you should tell Steve the joke.
0: Okay. What do you not want your Pokemon to do when you're having a shower?
1: <laughs> so many potential answers. Pikachu. <laughs>
3: oh!
0: No, That's, no, that's, and, that's and, not even the joke. No, the oh. other one. Sorry. It's, it's how anyway. do you, you get hundreds of Pikachu onto a bus? Pokemon. <laughs> Is that the one? Is that the one? That's the one, Charles. All right.
5: That's it, Charles. Great delivery. <laughs> Incredible news for popular people. Both Xbox One and the PlayStation 4 will support eight player chat at launch. Both consoles will have out of the box headsets that can be used straight away, but players with a PS3 Bluetooth headset will have to wait for a post launch patch to get some. Deep group philosophical debate. One Life Left plans on taking full advantage of this feature by wearing two or three headsets each to create the full surround sound experience for each other.
4: I'm not wearing any headsets. Why I don't not? want to talk to anybody who you plays look video like games. Brittany. I just don't want to do it. You're on the wrong radio show, my friend. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You'll
5: look like Britney. Yeah, if you put a headset on.
4: We did do that in Nottingham City, didn't we? With yeah. wore headsets, and it feel a bit... Oops. You'll look like Britney. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it, Charles! It's not naked cocktail hour yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, this is exciting, isn't it? It means we can we can all talk to each other while we're blowing each other up on Grand Theft Auto. and so people, people can ones. be mean to mean to us. Eight people is that what's got you interested? In? Yeah. Why is eight the magic number? Because
5: when I was younger, I okay. used to do I used to do uh, group phone calls. <laughs> um, so you'd call one friend. It became really expensive for our parents. You'd call one friend, and then you'd uh, dial in another friend, and then they'd dial in another friend. Mm-hmm. And I think we got it up to about four or five but it became very confusing very Mm -hmm. very very quickly Mm -hmm. everyone chatting away couldn't hear anyone else speaking over each other almost like this show okay (laughs) (laughs) um i I just worry for the uh, quality of communication interesting Finally, friend of the show Mike Bithel has unveiled details of his next game. Announced at Nottingham's Nottingham Castle as part of Nottingham Game City, Volume will retell the Robin Hood story set in the near future. It'll be voiced by Thomas Was Alone narrator Danny Wallace and YouTube dude Charlie McDonnell. Mike kindly made his announcement as a warm-up to the One Life Left party, which goes some way to explaining why people kept stealing from each other. Thanks, Mike. You know what? What?
4: That reminded me of something yep. that happened at the party. So... Bithel, oh, who let's not forget we made.
5: Yeah, and he knows this now. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, Steve, you might not know this, but Bithel, he
1: was on the show before he was a deal. You like you, you computer-generated him. Mm-hmm. Never, I haven't oh, seen him in person. We, I have to: We computer-generated his
4: success. <laughs> he was on the show when he was a deal, he was on the show when he was becoming a deal, and he was on the show after he was a deal. Which is great, because we couldn't be happier for him, could we? <laughs> you, we you sound overjoyed. No, we are, we are absolutely delighted. So Just a font of human kindness. So Bithel, or as we call him, Bithers, <laughs> Bithers turned up for the One Life Left party. He, he was did. overjoyed. He just... Organised, you know, just announced uh, the plot for his game, which sounds excellent. Sounds great. Game called Volume, right? Right. right. That's important to the next bit of the story. Uh, he he uh, did some One Life Left video game karaoke at Nottingham. He did. He performed Journey, "Don't Stop Believing." which we, or actually Lee Alexander, had rewritten to be about Journey, the video game. Hmm. Very good. Don't stop believing games can give us feelings. <laughs> right, so <laughs> Bithel was stepping up to do this and I had the mic and I was introducing him, you know, the, the proper comparing stuff that I've learnt from when we did stand-up comedy. Applaud him all the way to the mic. Come on, it's Mike Bithel, He's your hero. We made him. And? <laughs> and? Then I thought of a joke. Oh! I turned to him, turned to him, I said, Hey, Mike. Watch your volume.
0: Oh,
5: Steve. Come you are on, a genius. That's,
4: that's <laughs>
0: fabulous. That is Don't a, encourage
5: him. That
4: is a rigorously constructed joke. It is flawless.
5: Totally, think, works, it totally, totally works, Steve. Totally
4: works. And just tell me something. Is the Pokemon joke better than that? It is, isn't it? <sighs> yeah, but the Pokemon joke <laughs> is canon. This was improvised. Right? Mind your volume. Watch your volume, Mike. Nothing. <laughs> Not a glimmer. Audience. No. Silence. No.
5: I know. Oh, (sighs) Stee. Anyway. Other than that, it went quite well.
4: Yeah, so uh, uh, what's the internet reaction been to Mike's uh, announcement?
5: Positive. Isn't everything he does just generally received quite well because he's a nice guy?
4: Yeah, because he's a nice guy and we set him up for that success. And also he's
5: quite smart. He comes comes out with the goods, Mm -hmm. doesn't he? Yeah, he does.
4: He does. So uh, you two. Play your play your cards right, and you could be the next bithers. That's what we're hoping. (laughs) Thanks, Anne.
3: One life left. Video game news with Anne (laughs) Scamfamberryberry.
4: You're listening to One Life Left on Residence 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show. I'm Steve Curran.
5: I'm Anne Scanthabrie.
4: And I'm pretending to be Simon Byron. No, you're not anymore, Charles. Oh, sorry, I'm Charles (laughs) Cecil. That ruse (laughs) is over. We did have a lovely time uh, at Nottingham, though, didn't we?
5: We really, really did have a lovely time. And someone else who we hope had a lovely time, Steve. Hi. Did you come over just for Nottingham?
1: I came over, um... Nottingham was my excuse to come over. <laughs> it was, it was my, uh, my reason. It was my, my motivation, let's say, uh, to be over here on uh, this side of the world. And I did have a lovely time, to confirm your question.
5: Um, how long were you up there for? Uh,
1: just a couple of days. Uh, I came in the middle of the, the festival Yeah. because um, we were working on some post-release stuff for our, for our game uh, right before I came out. But uh, I, I'd never been to Nottingham before very uh, lovely city. I had a nice time.
5: It's a lovely city, isn't We've it? We've had a nice time there as well, yeah. haven't we? Consistently <laughs> yeah. nice times there. Um, so you uh, you did some talks in Nottingham as well. Yeah. What were those talks about?
1: Uh, well, I made a game called Gone Home um, and that came out just a couple months ago um, and uh, luckily people seemed to like it. <laughs> so uh, the Game City organizers asked me to come out and, and talk about uh, the making of the game and the story behind it and stuff.
5: So can you give us a... A summary of the game and also the talks for anyone who was unable to make it up to Nottingham. <laughs> um,
1: so Gone Home is a—it's uh, an exploration video game. Um, I worked on the Bioshock series for mm-hmm. a bunch of years, uh, and then I quit. And I started my own company. And um, Gone Home is a story exploration game. It's about exploring a house that this family lived in. But they're not there, and you're trying to figure out where everybody went. So you explore this house to find out who this family is by what they left behind notes and the stuff that you know is in the drawers and cupboards and everything. Um, and yeah, for the for the gaming inclined, it is sort of like Bioshock without any shooting in it. Yeah. <laughs> what happens in the end? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you got to pay your quid, and spend your couple hours, and find out.
5: No, really, what does happen?
1: Not even for you and no. Scantlebury.
5: Um. So. So you said that it's a an exploration game. I've played it, although I haven't finished it yet. Because, for me, I spend so much time. Look, I, I took a while going around, and then I realised how to crouch. And then I went.
4: <laughs> you to, should be aware, Steve, that Anne's favourite bit of video games, famously, is going crouching. around. No, she so, loves going I love around. Going Any around. game that lets you go around, that's the game for her. Well, well mm-hmm.
1: lucky for you, that's all you can do in a exactly. game.
5: Exactly. <laughs> so I, I, I'm really enjoying it, and I'm still playing it. But yeah, so I have found out that I could crouch and um explore a whole other that level change everything a whole other level <laughs> of Crouching around a whole is other just,
1: altitude. It's just me. um
5: so people get can get really really drawn into just picking up loads and loads of different items which may or may not have significance to the narrative as a whole mm-hmm. like it do you want people to come away with a, a strong feeling of narrative or a strong feeling of the experience of
1: playing i just want to feel like you've looked at so many Kleenex boxes <laughs> it's so fulfilling for you um I mean, the, 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 the idea, at least from, from my point of view, is that, you know, you uncover the story through that, that exploratory experience, you know, like you investigate to kind of put the pieces of the story back together. So I hope that they're really closely entwined, you know, because you're like very actively digging out the story from, from the environment uh, through the gameplay.
4: Charles, clearly, like, in the sort of games that you have always made, there's a lot of extraneous narrative as well as narrative that is uh, important for the player to consume. How do you decide what the right balance is?
0: Well, Steve, with a brilliant bit of engineering here, I'm actually going to go back to one of your earlier questions about who should write the story. (laughs) And um, Stephen, or Steve, sorry, um, perhaps you would agree, perhaps you would disagree that actually what you want to do in many of these narrative games is feel that you're within... You're, you're under the you're under the guidance of a of a storyteller, but you're telling the story in your own way, and that you're going to discover things that other people wouldn't do, so that it is, it is a unique experience. Yeah. Um, so. Uh I've read all about your game. I haven't played it. I'm really sorry. I, I, I wish I wish I'd known about. Now I, I would have done. But it sounds fascinating. It comes from a, a long line. I mean, Seventh Guest sounded, you know, in the idea of you go back into an empty place and you discover all of these new things. Uh, I don't know what the gameplay is, but no, um, no
1: ghosts. That's one difference. There. No no no, there, there's <laughs> no, no FMV. But the
0: wonderful thing is that people are very dismissive about the narrative in um, video games, but actually we take take it desperately seriously, and um what after many many years um i think there are certain rules that actually or certainly constraints that we have that uh, the the linear medium don't have mm-hmm. Um, and the, the key one, actually, is the empathy that you build with, with a character because in a film, people sit back and they're very happy. See so you're looking at the clock. Am I getting dull?
4: I'm well, Okay, <laughs> I just um, have to do that. All oh, right.
0: Um, and um, in, 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 in a film, people sit back and they're very happy for the, for, 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 for the exposition to wash over them. But obviously in a game, when you're actually active, you need to pretty much immediately know why you're working, what you're trying to achieve. Um, and it becomes a very hopefully very skillful. Um, and one of the things that's quite interesting is that these great directors um, who came in over the last few years, whether it be Peter Jackson or um, or George Lucas, um, and and actually they haven't created the great. Um, epics that they, they, that everybody thought that they would because, um, sorry, Spiel, Spielberg, wasn't it? wasn't Lucas, I beg his pardon. Um, so, you know, Steven Spielberg, who clearly is a genius, these people have come in and they, they haven't written their opus magni that, um, that they were expected to. And, and it, I think it is a great skill. And I think people are beginning to realise that actually writing stories for video games is, is, is a unique skill and it's something that we happen to do and we, we take very seriously and we're very proud of.
4: I think there's uh, you. You brought up Seventh Guest as a reference point there, and there's games that from that era uh, like Mist, which at the time were destroyed by the video game gaming community in a way that some of the hardcore gamers are sort of criticising um, the. Uh, the genre within which you're working, and saying this isn't a game, but actually those games now are being reevaluated, and saying you know, mist is obviously such a uh, hugely important game to a lot of people making games today.
1: Um, I, well, I, I think that I think that what you brought up about um, the the fact that you know it's player driven, right? That mm-hmm. that the the involvement with the story unfolding um is completely unique to the to the medium. And I think that, you know, it's 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 what is maybe the difference in philosophy between, like you were saying, a film director who their job is to be, you know, their their craft is putting things in a very precise order. Um and I think as a game designer, your craft is to arrange things you know strategically knowing that the player might interact with this that or the other in in any order and that they need to be able to take a satisfying experience away from that and a game is something that requires that involvement by the player you know yeah to, to pull the meaning out of it by by being active in the experience and you know film directors can get away with
0: um, going in the order that suits them whereas clearly what we've got to do is we put we've got to allow the player to go in any order which in some ways waters down the experience because we can't create the same level of drama in such a staged way but it also gives us a huge benefit that the that it's an interactive experience which which um can and should make it more yeah. even more compelling
1: and it allows you to build in a way that specifically supports that you know if you're building experience that is more like a place to visit than you know a sequence of events that you must experience in in one particular order you can create something that is very successful on those terms but then you've got the the interactive movie of course which blighted,
0: I mean, people get very cross with me, but it sort of blighted the gaming elements for, that was in the sort of like the
1: mid-90s. Mm-hmm. You're thinking of like Dragon Slayer and Well, like dra-
0: dra- Dragon's Lair was an interactive cartoon, so Night that's Trap. slightly different. <laughs> Night, Night Trap. Well, Night Trap, classic. Mm-hmm. And we were working with a particular publisher, I, I daren't um, name them, and um, they were run from um, Orange County. And the president of this particular company was very proud of the fact he'd never played a video game. Okay, I I, I absolutely promise. And he lectured me at great length. Now, I had to listen because he was funding the game that I wanted to write. But I had to listen to him talking about how brilliant movies were and that actually what people really wanted to do was to watch interactive movies, which were interactive, and that got the best of everything. Mm-hmm. And there was, there was a whole generation of, of people running video game publishers at that time who really had a contempt
4: for the medium. It's sort of kind of interesting. Maybe it's um, time we reevaluated Night Trap, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah. time we took another look at those girls running things, around. It was actually
0: a game called The Didless Encounter, I think. that. Uh, do you remember that one?
1: Yeah. Mm. Um, was the, that a... Was that one of the Tex Murphy games? No, 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 no. no. Tex Murphy's brilliant. No, 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 no. The Daedalus Encounter was... Because they did have subtitles like that. It was Tex Murphy, something very (laughs) sci-fi sounding. Uh, Could have been the Daedalus Encounter. (laughs) But what was was the...
0: Oh, it was just, I remember, a virgin. I can't even remember which actress it was. But they got sued because um, they hadn't uh, airbrushed over um, a little bit of uh, tummy that... um, So they had to, uh, I probably shouldn't be saying this, I'm probably going to get sued, but um, yeah, they had, right, to, recall, Charles, they had to recall all the boxes and, <laughs> and, and, and reissue them, um, having, having, um, having removed a little bit of what was perceived to be a slight bit of fat.
4: <gasps> Interesting. OK, this is One Life Left. We're a video game radio show, and that's Charles Cecil's Gossip Corner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to have a couple of features now, and we'll be back with the letters.
0: Hello, I'm Sega Badawi and welcome to One Life Left Local News. A football manager is in trouble for telling a controversial joke to a player. The incident occurred at half-time in a match between the Donkey Kong All-Stars and the Parappa the Rapper Rovers. Sources close to this reporter have said that the manager, Cranky Kong, told a joke about plumbers going into space to the All-Stars' new winger, Waluigi. It is believed that Cranky Kong used inappropriate language but wasn't aware of the offence due to his age, Waluigi did not take any offence. A sanitised version of the joke is as follows What chocolate bars do plumbers eat in space? Super Mario Galaxies. Thanks and back to your usual programming.
2: Hello. I'm Cara Ellison, and welcome to Electric Dreams, a section of One Life Left where I write a Lonely Hearts ad for a video game character, put it on the internet, and then see what I can learn from the replies. From this I hope to gauge which game characters have the most attractive traits. This week I put up an ad writing as Alex Vance from Half-Life 2. Hi there! I haven't got much time here, but I wonder if any nice guys out there would be into going for a drink. I'm looking for the strong and silent type, a little nerdy if you like, I get crushes on scientific dudes a lot, I think glasses are cute. At work, I mainly fix computers, and in my spare time, I tend to fix a lot of friends' broken vehicles. I like using my hands, and I'm good with machine-type stuff. I'm pretty fit, I run when I can, and I like discussing the politics of our sinister overlords. Get in touch! Tune in after the break to find out all of Alex Vance's answers.
4: Thanks, Kara. Uh, before that, you heard Sega Badawi and the local news. Now it's time for The Letters.
3: And
4: forward BCC's one life letters. It's hard to do the letters without Simon, isn't, isn't it? Because he's in charge of that bit. But you have yeah. that little theme song that does so much of the <laughs> work. <laughs> it does. Well, actually, the hard bit is printing out the letters. It really,
5: really um, is surprisingly hard. I
4: had to do that this week. Um, you I did almost... very
5: well, though, Stee. Yeah, yeah, you did.
4: I, unfortunately, I, I just picked up the wrong piece of paper for the letter that I was meant to read out, and it says this on instead.
5: I don't know some, what that is. No, it's it's something in German. Did someone write to us in German? It's
4: about Lewis Schaefer. jetzt ist Herr Lewis Schaefer. Mit nunhead Americanisch rundfunk. And if that's rude, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> who's first, Anne?
5: Uh, Steve, why don't you go first? Okay.
4: This is from regular correspondent Duncan Timney, who's been writing to us about the games he's tried to make his children play. Dear Amadeus the Wizard, Pontius the Knight, and Zoya the Thief, Edison and I have been playing Treen 2, another game I nabbed from a humble bundle sale. It works well as a two-player game with Edison on the gamepad and me on the keyboard. Eddie loves the Alice in Wonderland style world that plays with scale. There's huge screen-filling screen snails and streams of magic water that we need to funnel onto plants to make them grow. Physics-based puzzles have multiple solutions, and Eddie often comes up with solutions I hadn't thought of. For example, using the thief's grappling hook to hitch a ride on a wooden block. A wooden block that the wizard is levitating in a situation where I was precariously trying to stack blocks instead. In fact, the wizard is my favourite character. He affects the physics most directly, but, as Eddie says, sometimes you don't know what to do, so I have to do it also I need to be the wizard. Thanks, Duncan.
5: Thanks, Duncan. Um, Hello, team at One Life Left, says Rob. Um, Is it just me, or was Watch Dogs the most interesting next-gen game coming out for the new consoles? Now it's been postponed into spring 2014, it feels as though the next-gen has uh, as well. Batman Arkham Origins has been panned, and I'm still not done with Assassin's Creed 3 yet because they will insist on putting those giant games out every year. So I'm not really in any rush to play Black Flag. Um, I'm also well over Call of Duty and Battlefield, but then I thought the FPS genre was pretty much played out after Quake 3. Uh, It's been a pretty good year for video games anyway. um, Usually this time of year I feel swamped by games, but there's hardly anything I'm excited about this year, which I find surprising, especially with the launch of not one, but two new consoles. Is there anything you guys are excited about uh, coming out at the end of 2014, or are we really stuck in some kind of holding pattern until the next gen hits its stride next year? I guess that's 2013. And that's from Rob, uh, who also has a podcast called Game Dumpcast.
4: What do you think, Anne? Are you excited about anything right now?
5: Uh, I'm so excited to be here.
4: Okay. (laughs) I'm not sure that's what he was asking, honestly.
5: Yeah, no. I don't don't know. I mean, I... (sighs) Saw saw the big ones that they were showing at E3, and I wasn't. Well, that's not really my kind of game anyway, is it?
4: Here's what I think. I think life gets much better if you avoid all of the hype for the next wave of things that are coming. If you just enjoy things as they are released and don't, you know, you know, uh, build up expectation for them. So honestly. You this might surprise you as the host of an award-winning incredibly popular worldwide radio show about video games but I have no idea what's coming up no so Steve, idea Are we allowed and, and are we allowed to do
0: blatant plugs at this point Of
4: course Yeah we go Charles Okay
0: yeah cuz I'm really looking forward to Broken Sword coming <laughs> up. <laughs> not, not only just because it's it's consumed my life for the right. last year, and it'll be great, and and also it will be great. So on on both. But anyway, that that is
4: my See, I had over. no idea there was a new Broken Sword coming, Charles. Yeah, it's a no, I, I no
0: didn't have idea. of the Serpent's Curse. It's really, really good, you know. Okay, Steve, yeah,
5: Steve, are you looking forward to anything?
1: Here's how excited I am about what's coming up. The thing I'm most looking forward to is an expansion pack for XCOM. There's Ah. going to be more XCOM, and uh, you get to be a cyborg and fight enemy mans. I'll buy it. Okay. Good. Good.
4: Good. Well, there you go. I hope that's a recommendation The the
1: only real recommendation (laughs) of the whole lot of
4: us.
5: (laughs) Uh, Charles, what's your letter?
4: Mine is uh, from John
0: Lean. It says, dear, wait for it, who's it going to be? Charles.
5: What? How did, he know? He, did, How did he know? How did he know? No. How did he know? Well done.
4: Charles, are you subverting the letters section? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve. It's to Steve. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah, course it is. I was lying. Of course it
0: is. They're all to Steve. Imagine. Oh, no, some to you. None, none of them are for Simon. Why is that? This one isn't. Why if I'm going to sign in for Simon, at least I want somebody to write me a letter. You don't <laughs> anyway. want to read the letters that people send to Simon. <laughs> <laughs> help me. I'm in an end. Do you know what, Steve? It's lacking a bit of tone of this. Um, okay. Help me. <laughs> I am in an end of generation funk. I honestly can't be bothered to play my Xbox 360 because I know that my pre-order PS4 is a little over a month away. I've not even got an eye on any particular launch title as they all
4: look a bit rubbish. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. There's a theme to these letters, isn't there? There is. It's uh, next generation on Wii. Hmm. <laughs> but, but no, the Wii U already came out. Hey! hey.
0: hey. Oh, rigorous. <laughs> <laughs> But knowing that
4: it's out there is
0: making my poor old 360 look shabby. I've even shrugged at a new Batman game. A Batman game, for heaven's sake. (laughs) What would you suggest to fight this ennui? For the record, I've already done some kickstartering. Much love, JJ Lean. <laughs> now, hang on, hang on, and also sorry, I keep bit but is is the verb of kickstarter to kickstarting or kickstartering?
4: Interesting.
5: Kickstarting. Uh, I would say
0: kickstarting, yeah. But I like but, kickstartering. But, but John has said kickstartering which well,
4: is kind of interesting. One thing we've learned, new Simon, is not to correct the listeners because they're the only listeners we have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we love them so on, much. Hang on, you told me there were tens of thousands of people who all tuned
4: in. They plus, do tune in, but they the,
0: tune out again pretty quickly. the <laughs> to, listen to the podcast. There's a PS from, from from John Lean. Okay. It says, PS, I mailed ages ago with an idea for a future, but then got distracted moving jobs and house and stuff. I'm still on it, though. So
4: that's something to look forward to. Okay, good. good. Great. Exciting. Um, on we... Well, we just kind of dealt with that. Yeah. We have no idea. But actually... Seriously, the most uplifting thing I've I've found is to go out and just try and find little games that make you excited, small things that no one else plays. We talked about um, Puzzle Script last week on the show. Mm. There are brilliant, brilliant, tiny, uh, imaginative things on there. You can play for free right now. There's tons of things on iOS and Android and on PSN. Brilliant things as well. I think you said Proteus is coming out soon, right? Yeah, Proteus is coming out uh, tomorrow, I think, on on PS3 and Vita. So I would use this time between AAA titles to investigate some of the smaller games. Um, I agree.
1: Mm. (laughs) Someone who made a small game. Can we also give
0: Sony a bit of a plug? Because Sony are brilliant at supporting the slightly off-the-wall titles. Mm, They are. Um, And they've really gone gone and... now are supporting a lot of indie developers as well. They're really getting behind indie developers. It's great. It's I think a lot of a lot of these big companies see that actually to have what you really want is a uh, a good mix of the of the major titles and then the indies, and you get a, a really interesting um, collection of games so out there. So There we so go. Uh, that? Is that, that, that's ex- the second plug. Yeah, I've given. exclusive yeah.
4: Uh, <laughs> exclusive Sony distribution deal for Broken Sword Five announced by Charles <laughs> Cecil right
1: there. Apparently. Uh, uh, it's-
5: Steve, do you have a letter?
1: Yes, I do. Shall I read it? Go for it. Um, Hello, Steve. Perhaps. (laughs) I left off a couple letters there, but I think he meant to me. Uh, Plus the rest of the team and your two. Count them two. Super special guests. Oh, there's referring to me and Charles. Um, I understand that Steve from the Fulbright Company is on your show today. I can confirm this. Uh, I went to his talk at Game City where he was being interviewed by Lucy Preble, and it was an interesting talk. I asked a question at the end regarding the game's Riot Girl soundtrack and how important it was that they had the soundtrack to fit the story. I got a good reply from Steve and thought no more about it. (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) Um, however, at the following day's Power Lunch, uh, Keith Stewart asked pretty much the same question without crediting my expert questioning skills from Thursday. Could you ask Steve to clarify who asked the better question? And if it was me, should I now be the Guardians games editor? (laughs) Cheerio, Ben. Wow. Um. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the the okay. I'm just gonna let it go in my head. The initial answer was they were both terrible questions. Neither of you get to be the game's <laughs> oh!
3: editor.
5: <laughs> Wait, we just sacked Keith.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Keith. <laughs> Um, On the upside, if anyone's looking for a job, The Guardian has <laughs> a, an opening. I mean, it was a
4: it was a horrible question for a conference, but for a letter, it was a brilliant was a great, letter. Great. Brilliant letter. They, please. They,
1: they were both great questions, and I love talking about the soundtrack. Thank you, Ben, <laughs> Keith, Steve, and Scantlebury, <laughs> Trials, all the listeners at home. <laughs> If you've got more, <laughs> anybody uh, else I can thank? If you've I'm got ready for it. any letters for us for next week, actually we are the
0: li- the listeners collectively. <laughs> You're listening right, right now, now at least. you
4: are email
5: teamuponeleft.com.
3: It's time
4: for Science Officer.
3: Science Officer update: After over three years floating in deep space, this human specimen was eventually recovered from a damaged escape capsule. The human male has since returned to active duty. He has experienced fifty-seven days without incident. This, however, is day fifty-eight. Science officer's audio log. Oh god, oh god, oh god. They keep telling us these deep space missions are the tip of the spear, but I'd forgotten quite how this worked. We're engaged in combat right now after our ship collided with a Code 7 hostile. Uh, They're insectoid aliens. They hollow out asteroids. They install jump drives, and then they go pirating. They rammed us, breached the hull, and are running amok. Sure, it's an unorthodox ship, but I don't understand how we didn't detect it. I mean, we know how to avoid asteroids, right? That first assault was brutal, but we're down to skirmishes now, and I managed to recover some enemy cadavers. These are scary creatures. They scuttle. They scrape but I reckon I know how to beat them. They're weak at the joints, and those vulnerabilities show up on the NUV spectrum. Their razor-sharp thorn lances may be black as night, but in NUV, their articulations glow like frickin' headlamps. Shoot them, and that's all," she wrote. We have, we had, a full company of Marines on this bucket, and I need to tell them this vital info. But the captain insists I follow procedure and make an audio log. To be honest, I've never got on that well with any roughnecks on board, but still, it's a needless delay. I say to the captain, why can't I just brief them now, in real time, in person? I'll stand on a table, I'll use short words. But the captain says, in these situations, we follow protocol, and protocol says to record and submit an audio log for their helmet download stack. Yeah, yeah, I'm all for protocol, but sometimes you need to improvise. Which is why I'm broadcasting this live to all our troops on the All Hail channel. Guys, switch your visor to NUV, blast those glowing beetle joints, and we might just make it out of here. Science officer, out.
4: Listening to One Life Left and Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a show about video games. This is Midnight Drive by Iksum. and before this, earlier in the show, you heard Close but No Cigar by Death Premium, and we've had some correspondence while we've been on there. Yeah, air. we've
5: had an update on the Keith Stewart, no longer Guardian Games editor. I
4: mean, what an exclusive.
5: Um, he, Keith's been in touch. He's listening live. So sorry, Keith. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we can't really. Um,
4: What's not? It was our guest. what's
5: going on with our guests today, but um, so Keith has uh, res- responded directly to Steve on his Twitter feed, and he's just simply said, "You are dead to me." <gasps> so,
1: <laughs> this is turning into a real international incident.
5: Yeah, Keith, you'll always be our games editor,
4: but not a real one because clearly that bit so that part of your life's yeah. gone. And Scandelbury's heart of hearts doesn't pay very well.
5: <laughs> oh it pays the worst. <laughs> but
4: if uh, while the Guardian is gamesless it's looking for some some guys to step into the breach.
5: Yeah I mean hey we're here we can edit people. I think
4: we've uh, demonstrated our talents today haven't yeah, we? Pr- yeah, pretty, pretty, <laughs> <well.
5: laughs> pretty well. Oh, pretty
4: accurately. Charles <laughs> yes, Steve, yes. How's the how's the how's the Kickstarter going? The Kickstarter's great. Yep. Kickstarter's absolutely brilliant. Because last year you kickstarted Broken Sword, didn't it you? Almost Kick-start. exactly. It, yes,
0: kickstarted. kick-started. Uh, I'd say kickstarted. kick-started. But Kickstarter rid. Um, if if John is right, yep. John Lean. Um, it's it's extraordinary because like ten years ago, as a marketing company, you know, you'd have paid a marketing company a massive amount to get fifteen thousand of your fans uh, and to be able to communicate with them on a regular basis. Now it's kind of flipped in a strange way, mm. where we are delighted to communicate with fifteen of our fa- fifteen thousand fans. And they, <laughs> Us too, Charles. And and, and and they, you know, they support the, the project in this way. So what what's kind of interesting? I I, I wrote my first game for the ZX eighty one back in nineteen eighty one. So that was an awfully long time ago. And in those days, you know, basically we'd sell. Little cassettes to people across tables, and you know it was really lovely to meet our fans, you know the players of the game, and then, then I think the term is uh, it's the opposite of intermediate, intermediated, so it's presumably mediated, but anyway, then then publishers started publishing and retailers, and, and for many years we had no idea who our audience was. This has now opened it back up, so we've got a direct communication. And you, you get a lot of stories about um, misogyny and people slagging off. But the adventure, um, the adventure community are wonderful. They're you know incredibly supportive. They're very supportive of us. We try and be extraordinarily honest and open. And so far, it's been a pleasure. And we're going to be shipping the game um, fairly shortly. Uh, I hope it'll exceed expectations. Um, I'm very pleased with it. Um, and it'll be you know it'll be an, an amazing experience. And hopefully, our, our, our
4: backers will, will will feel the same. Is Anne in the game? Well,
1: consistently, <laughs> consistently.
4: as a Pokemon. The, do you remember the Three Wise Men? I do remember the Three Wise Men. Do you, do you remember that Simon
0: absolutely insisted that there were going to be three wise men?
4: Interesting. Mm. All of them ran. Well, i <laughs> dangerous, dangerous, but I like your style, Charles. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, well, and when's it coming out? I can't say. Well, it's, 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 the thing
0: is that when you work for a publisher, you have to start off at the beginning, a mm-hmm. year and a half in advance, and name the date. Mm-hmm. And we've sort of been burnt. All we promise is that it's going to be before Christmas. Okay, and it's really? still going to be before Christmas. That's yes, exciting. Yes. Are you going to
5: wrap it up?
4: Oh,
0: yes. Like
5: a little present. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting.
4: <laughs> Interesting. Is this going,
0: going to be a right launch up, party?
4: Then? Oh, I hope so. Will
5: Can you we come? come? Will you come? Yeah,
2: definitely. Can we have it here?
5: Yes. Oh, In the
0: fantastic. studio. <laughs> oh, with the cop- cocktails.
5: Cocktail naked we- hour. <laughs> oh,
0: wow.
4: What a great idea. And Can we invite lots of people as
5: well?
0: There's so many people. Of course people. we can. Oh, Brilliant. wow.
4: That would be great. And briefly, Steve, your game's out now, so you're done yeah forever that's it <laughs> just sit back watch
1: the, watch the coin roll in made made the one just leave it out there yeah what sit happens, back relax
4: next I mean do you have a sort of sense of emptiness now it's out in the world <laughs> just you know bleak that's it what now with my life it's I think, over
1: I think you're projecting Steve I am
4: definitely <laughs> this projecting this sounds like
1: <laughs> <laughs> the dark core of Steve Curran's soul yeah. to me
4: and yes that is one life left
1: <laughs> um, no really I mean, no, I mean what
4: happens when a game's finished and done
1: yeah uh, I mean we, we just put out uh commentary mode for it a few days ago so we added a little stuff to it but now now that we're done adding a little stuff to it it is kind of like well uh i guess i'll go to england uh uh, maybe go somewhere else after that no i i think that um you know we, we put the game out and uh people have have been really enthusiastic about it and have actually bought it and stuff which is which is awesome which allows us to take a little time and get a little bit of distance before we dig right into our next thing
5: but you know that it would be very good if you put me in your next game.
1: Would it have to be consistently?
5: Consistently. <laughs> and
1: are we talking as a Pokemon or as just a, as you?
5: I mean, I'll take either, but ideally as a Pokemon. The Pokemon
1: thing raises some interesting legal issues. If fine, we, fine. If we couldn't
5: pull There's a no legal version. issues about my face.
1: Wait, Pokemon. Oh. There's a joke there. <laughs>
4: Can't quite get it. So, Steve, before this goes, uh, do you have a big audience in the UK?
0: Is
1: it, are you mainly American based? or no, European, or it, we, we've we've had a really great response from uh, from England and from Germany. Uh, you know, uh, your base is an adventure game designer, uh, our, our game is sort of something between a first person game and, and a traditional point and click. And yeah, we've had a, cool. a great do, response. Do you find because
0: we, we we love the Germans. The Germans love adventure games. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and they're brilliant. So, have you, are you going to go to Germany?
1: I have never been to Germany and I really want to. Oh, I don't really have my to. tickets booked at this oh, moment. Oh, go, go and go, go! I mean, I'm going to offend a go million now. people. But go, go to Berlin. Get out of here. But go Berlin, to Germany now, says Ed Scandelberg. Is,
0: Berlin is particularly cool. It's a really, l- really lovely city.
1: Yeah, I will be there.
4: Someday. You're listening to One Life Left, a travel show on <laughs> Resonance 104.4 FM, and this is Kara's Electric Dreams.
2: Welcome back to Electric Dreams. So the replies to my Alex Vance lonely hearts mostly revolved around how strong and silent respondents thought they were, but the only Gordon Freeman lookalike I found was a lovely man of Spanish origin with a beard and glasses. I think Alex would have considered a date with him, definitely. One person merely sent me a message saying he had an AMD motherboard and would like to know if I had a spare case. Is that a really elaborate come on? As for some of the other replies, here are some nice ones. The French man is waiting for you. Alex wonders, though, if the G-man is waiting for her. I also keep up to date on the actions of our international overlords and feel that there is big trouble brewing. Don't we know it, pal? It depends if you feel you could put up with my beard, though. Dude, Alex loves a beardy man. I need a hand rebuilding my camper van. Um, what? And finally someone who asked, Can you install and run iTunes on an HP notebook running Windows 8? Does it work well? Any advice appreciated. Alex is not an IT service buddy. Call the support desk. Tune in next time for more Electric Dreams shenanigans.
4: Thanks, Kara. It's time for our reviews section. Simon's not here to dull no. out the reviews, is Shall he? So i
2: just That's, go first.
4: You might as well.
5: I'm gonna review a game that I played in Nottingham that I don't think you're ever gonna be able to play again. They what,
4: just me? made it.
3: <laughs>
5: you. That was threatening. You are never going to be able to play this again. Break your fingers. Yeah, I think they just made it because they could, and I don't even know who they are. But I'm going to explain <laughs> the game anyway. It's great
1: review so far. Because
5: it was super fun. Uh, so it was called Ruffle Pillar. Ruffle pillar. So it's f you're you play a caterpillar, you lie on your back, there is a tent in the middle. I had Jonathan Smith on the other side of me. Okay. Lying so our heads were nearly touching underneath this tent and you're looking upwards. And you have a belt around you and there is sort of a stringy thing attached to the belt. Mm-hmm. Um And this stringy thing uh, controls the movement of your caterpillar on the screen, and you have to get as many apples as you can while the other caterpillar is trying to get as many apples as they can. And if you uh, bump into the other caterpillar, you eat them and they become less long. And it's a um, you're supposed to get more long than the other person.
1: Caterpillar. I I, I want to note that uh, Anne Scantlebury, she confided in me, she took a lot of psychedelic drugs.
5: (laughs) I was just lying in a room. (laughs) Um, And it was really lovely. Uh, We played several games of it because I lost quite a few times and then I won. So we stopped. Mm. Um, And there was like a little button on the side of the tent that you pressed as a power up that would either make you invisible or make you go really, really fast. Um, And I don't know who made it.
4: It doesn't sound like a traditional going around game.
5: Well, you were going around as a caterpillar Mm. eating apples. Okay. Okay. So it, was so it
4: fits into your genre. It fits into my Shoe-horned genre. Shoehorned into your genre. Yeah. I
5: see. Um, and it was really nice. Um, and you looked really stupid lying on the floor with your head in a tent, rolling around. Seven out of ten.
4: <laughs> okay, Charles. What have you been up to? Well, as I've complained already, whinged
0: about her, the last year has been pretty much written off, so I'm afraid I'm going to have to go back a year. And uh, I was lucky enough to be a BAFTA judge, and I can't even remember what category it was, but the games were just wonderful. So games like Thomas were, <laughs> Thomas was alone and... Made um, that
4: guy. Uh, yeah, it was brilliant. Yep. Um The Room. The Room we didn't make. No. But we could have done. It's just a room. We're in a room. Yeah, we've seen them. Yeah, See yeah. Them? I think he probably got inspiration from you.
0: Yeah,
5: yeah probably. probably. <laughs>
4: um,
0: and uh, the unfinished one, which was lovely. But, Met those guys. Yeah, and you probably made them as well. No, fabulous. Didn't, didn't no. Charles? We're not arrogant enough to assume we made everyone. Just Biffle. But but then I'm afraid this is so dull because it won all the awards. But it was so special. Was was Journey? Okay. Which um, you know it's predecessor, um, uh, Flower was a really really beautiful game but Journey was even more special and it was just joyful and it had no instructions and it put no pressure on you and it it was just a a really wonderful experience so because it was so so good I'm going to give it 7 out of 10. Simon hates it
4: Oh, well, he bloody... Oh, he would,
3: wouldn't
4: he? <laughs> he? He bloody would. That's
0: right. <laughs> you like
3: to swear.
4: That's not swearing. That doesn't count. That's, that's, that's oh, a part of the body. <laughs> okay. It's We're all biology, full of it? It's it? biology, Charles. Yeah, yeah. Um, wonderful Simon. Si- Simon does because, uh, you know, it's not a game. You just really? go around... Whereas, Whereas Anne loves I love that. going And around. that is the friction that drives one life left. But, 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 no, but the thing is, it does have challenges. That's the point. So yeah. all
0: it needs to have is a challenge. And you go around, don't you? That's all you do. And you just have this... Beautiful. And then you meet people. Yeah.
4: Sometimes you all you need to do is go around. Talking of which, Steve, oh.
1: <laughs> what game have you been reviewing this week? And is it A game. It, I've, been, I've been playing a game that is a game that you do more than go around in. Um, we don't like those, do we? <laughs> no. you, you also do get to go around. Oh, good.
5: Maybe okay. I'll like it.
1: You'll, you'll, you'll like it. Okay. Uh, so it's a, it's a game called Eldritch, uh, which just came out on Steam about a week ago. Um, it is a really crazy first-person, procedurally generated, stealth, roguelike Cthulhu game. It's got all the words, uh, <laughs> but but it's it's really really well done, and it's different every time you play. It's like a it's like Thief meets spelunky, um, and uh, it, it's just a small game played a bunch of times. It's it, it's balanced so well. You you basically. Um, it's 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 like a it's a it's you explore a dungeon that's different, you know, every time you, you play the game and you sneak up on fishmen and stab them. Um by a good friend of mine who I used to work with, so okay, I really we to do well. We and should disclose for this. That reason,
4: Yeah, no no no, we need to we need to uh we have some reviewing guidelines. So what were you eating while you played the game and was it provided by your friend?
1: Whiskey, no.
4: Okay. F- fair. okay, fair, I think, fair enough. And, we, and we've
5: disclosed that there disclosure, was...
4: full disclosure. Full disclosure. You were having some whiskey, but was not provided. And oh, no. was
5: that part of Naked Cocktail Hour?
4: <laughs> Partially.
5: Excellent. Okay, continue.
4: I give it a 7 out of 10. Excellent, thanks all. Uh, time for a little bit of more music. This is Void Part 2 by Cubby. so much for tolerating One Life Left over the last yeah. hour. It's been pretty good though, hasn't it's it? Despite the lack of Simon. Stupid trains. What oh, oh, was it because of? Wow, Charles. Let's not <laughs> be <Wow>. like that. <laughs> uh, Steve, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Do you have any URLs you would like to point people
1: at? I just love to say URLs out loud. <laughs> uh, if you want to check out Gone Home, you should go to gonehomegame.com. You can download it online. In England, we call them Earls. Earls.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Yeah. duke oh. of internet duke,
4: you should definitely uh, d- everyone should definitely check out Gone Home it's obviously
5: brilliant uh, got
4: One Life Left's highest score ever
5: 7 out of 10 yeah fantastic
4: fabulous work Charles Anything you want to say that isn't libelous? Well, or else
0: I'm promoting my own game, so no, I think no, i better keep that. No, you can
4: do words. that. Just, this is your space yeah, to go do go along that. To,
0: to revolution.co.uk, check out what we're doing. I'm afraid our website's not looking great at the moment, but it will be very soon once
4: we sort it out. Especially if you're German. Exactly. You love the Germans, so <laughs> you I do, I do, and they
0: love
5: you. I'm going to be there next week, Special actually.
0: So if So if any of your listeners are out in Germany... Then uh, I'm
5: take Charles drinking. Then take Goodness drinking. Sake.
0: Absolutely yes.
4: Well,
5: maybe maybe that's
4: our issue, and we should concentrate on a country. Get yeah. them to love us.
5: Who, who do we want to love us? Can
4: I be your special ambassador for Germany?
5: Definitely for Germany, yes. Because yes. yeah. yeah.
4: clearly it's not England. It's obviously not.
0: It's not no, no, they England. don't need. I mean, everybody listens in England anyway. What they need oh, is the international reach. Uh, Steve, perhaps you could be the international ambassador for the US.
1: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me, maybe.
0: I'll
4: think about it. And you had something to uh, say.
5: Yeah, we've had uh, just one more thing in from uh, One Life Left's editor-at-large, Keith Stewart. Uh, It was by Edinburgh-based developer Lucky Frame, and you can play it again soon, I think. That was the Caterpillar game where you get to look like a fool.
4: Thank you, Keith Stewart, and good luck with your future employment prospects. Really good luck, though. We have been One Life Left. We'll see you next week when we'll have information on our Christmas party. But until then...
5: See Say
3: bye. Thanks, bye. Bye-bye.